Welcome to Beyond, Welcome to Beyond Our Focus. I'm Stefan, this is Amanda, and this is Let's Palaver About Wizard and Glass. It still seems weird to say that. <laughs> well, you've been saying the Wastelands for the past month it's or so. About Wizard and Glass. Months? So, month, month the so. fourth novel in the Stephen King Dark Tower saga, saga. as we're going with now. <laughs> we are now in chapter two, or part one, chapter two, technically. Called um, the Falls of the Hounds. Still an interesting name. I know why this it's one, called that. Yeah, this one at least was clear. Like, Very clear why it was called. What it was called. Yeah. Uh, we didn't really get this in the last book, did we? What? Because it was just huge chapters, and we went multiple parts. Now it's like we have a special name to every chapter. No, I don't. No, because we literally had to split each chapter into like ribbons. And by then, we already forgot what the title was of that chapter. Did we say? Or we yeah. just we just jumped in every um, I think. I don't know. I, well, no, we it's didn't say the chapters anymore. We just said it the first time, and then occasionally it maybe. It wasn't important the after that. So, The Falls of the Hounds. The crackers are all Come back. Yes, we are. Hmm. All right. He didn't know what he'd do or even how he'd feel. The truth is, Jake thought, I'm fried. And why not? He had gone through an extraordinarily, extraordinary swarm of emotions in the last eight hours or so. First, terror of being sure he and Noi were going to drop off the suspension bridge. Yeah, and to their death in the river, send, which I'm still weird on that one, but it's all right, uh, of being driven through a crazed maze that was Lud by Gasher. That was Lud by Gasher. Weird phrasing, but okay. Uh, of having to look into the TikTok man's terrible green eyes and try to answer his unbelievable questions about time, Nazis, and the nature of transit circuits. Being questioned by TikTok had been like having to take a final exam in hell. It's, it's kind of crazy that most of the last book took place in a very short period of time. It really did. It just seemed like a long time. A long time. For us, it was a long time, okay? They tell me like the last eight hours. I'm like, sweet baby Jesus. The last book in this one has not, not been very long. They weren't in Lud for very long crazy to think after surviving all that a kind of blissed out surety had settled over him of course roland would stump blaine who would who would then keep his part of the bargain and set them down safe and sound at his final stop whatever passed for topeka in this world then they would find the dark tower and do whatever they were supposed to do there write what needed writing fix what needed fixing and then they lived happily ever after of course like folk in a fairy tale Except they shared each other's thoughts, Roland had said. Sharing Kef was part of what Katet meant, and what had been seeping into Jake's thoughts ever since Roland stepped into the aisle and began to try Blaine with riddles from his young days was a sense of doom. It wasn't coming from the gunslinger. Oh, it wasn't coming just from the gunslinger. Susanna was sending out the same grim blue-black vibe, 
Only Eddie wasn't sending it, and that was because he'd gone off somewhere, was chasing his own thoughts. That might be good, but there was no guarantees, and and Jake began to be scared again. Worse, he felt desperate. Like a creature that had pressed deeper and deeper into the final corner by a relentless foe. His fingers worked relentlessly through Oi's fur, and when he looked down at them, he realized an amazing thing. The hand which Oi had bitten into to keep from falling off the bridge no longer hurt. He could see the holes the bumbler's teeth had made. The blood was still crusted on the palm and on his wrist, but the hand itself no longer hurt. He fixed, he flexed it cautiously. Uh, there was some pain. But it was low and distant, hardly there at all. Blaine, what may go up a chimney and down, but cannot go down a chimney up? <laughs> what? Nice joke. Or nice riddle. Sorry. Nice riddle. Sorry. I don't think it's a joke. Roland uh, doesn't do jokes. My bad. Uh, what may go up a chimney down, but cannot go down a chimney up? Oh, okay. I okay. Yeah. I get it. I it's a weird phrasing. Think, think Mary Poppins. <laughs> chim chim chim. I'm going to clean this chimney for you. Roland, the gunslinger looked around at Jake, and his look of concentration lightened a bit. It wasn't a smile, but it went a little way in that direction, at least. And Jake was glad. What is it, Jake? My hand. It was hurting like crazy, and now it stopped. Shucks. Blaine said in that drawling of John Wayne. Oh, God. I couldn't watch a hound suffer with a mashed-up forepaw like that. <laughs> Let alone a fine little trail hand like yourself. So I fixed it up. How? Jake asked. Look on the arm of your seat. Jake did and saw a faint grid work of lines. It looked a little like the speaker of a transistor radio he'd had when he was seven or eight. Another benefit of traveling barony class. Blaine went on in a smug voice. It crossed Jake's mind that Blaine would fit in perfectly at the Piper School, the world's first slow-trans dipolar nerd. The hand-scan spectrum magnifier is a diagnostic tool also capable of administering minor first aid, such as I have performed on you. It is also a nutrient delivery system, a brain pattern recording device, a stress analyzer, and an emotion enhancer which can naturally stimulate the production of endorphins. Handscan is also capable of creating very believable illusions and hallucinations. Would you care to have your first sexual experience with a noted sex goddess from your level of the tower, Jake of New York? Perhaps Marilyn Monroe, Raquel Welk, or Edith Bunker? Jake laughed. He guessed that laughing at Blaine might be risky, but this time he just couldn't help it. There is no Edith Bunker, he said. She's just the character on a TV show. The actress's name is, um, Jean Stapleton. Also, she looks like Miss Shaw. She's our housekeeper. Nice, but, you know, not a babe. A long silence from Blaine. When the voice of the computer returned, a certain coldness had replaced the jocose, ain't we having fun tone of voice. <laughs> I cry your pardon, Jake of New York. I also withdraw my offer of a sexual experience. That'll teach me, Jake thought, raising one hand to cover a smile. Aloud, and in what he hoped was a suitably humble tone of voice, he said, 
that's okay, Blaine. I think I'm still a little young for that anyway. You, you've now embarrassed Blaine the Mono. You've upset Blaine. I mean, um, Edith Bunker, a particularly interesting choice to give him there. I'm I'm just disturbed at the fact that this thing just you put your hand on it and it can do all that. I'm it's, sorry, it's, it's I'm done. A little much. I'm it's a little much. Besides the fact that he's homicidal, I'm never going near anything that looks like Blaine ever. Okay. It's interesting. Susanna and Roland were looking at each other. Susanna didn't know who Edith Bunker was. All in the family hadn't been on the tube in her win. But she grasped the essence of the situation just the same. Jake saw her full lips form one soundless word and send it to the gunslinger like a message in a soap bubble. Mistake. Yes, Blaine had made a mistake. More, Jake Chambers, a boy of eleven, had picked up on it. And if Blaine had made one, he could make another. Maybe there was hope after all, Jake decided. He would treat that possibility as he had treated the graph of the river crossing and allow himself just a little. Mistake. Blaine had made a mistake. Dun, dun, dun. I was hoping in these first two chapters that we were going to get a little further. Because I wanted to read. Because uh, I, I know things are going to happen. I wanted to get to particular pieces. But we... We didn't get there. No. I feel like we'll get there in the next chapter, but we didn't get there yet. Yes. There's just, there's our, there's a lot going on, and this is kind of just the build-up to it. Yeah, it is. So pretty much, they, uh, they kind of nod to each other, and then Blaine decides to give them a nice little present. Here's something you really ought to see. Blaine said he sounded cheerful again, but Jake didn't trust that tone. He had sometimes heard his father start telephone conversations that way. And by the end, Elmer Chambers would be up on his feet, bent over the desk like a man with a stomach cramp and screaming at the top of his lungs. His cheeks red as radishes and the circles of flesh under his eyes as purple as an eggplant. I have to stop here anyway, as I must switch to battery power at this point, and that means pre-charging. So they feel him stop. And then he does the whole transparency thing. Mm-hmm. And they notice a nice little waterfall. A waterfall. I think it's a little bit more than a little waterfall. Okay, it's a giant waterfall that makes Ni- Niagara, says... Look like a third-rate... Yeah. Third-rate theme park. Yeah, so that's... It's a big waterfall! The air filling the enclosing semicircle of falls is further thickened by an rising mist... To Jake, they looked like overlapping rings, which symbolized the Olympics. Jutting from the center of the falls, perhaps 200 feet below the point where the river actually went over the drop, were two enormous stone protrusions. Although Jake had no idea how a sculptor, or a team of them, could have gotten down to where they were, he found it all but impossible to believe they had simply eroded that way. They looked like the heads of enormous, snarling dogs. The Falls of the Hounds, he thought. There was one more stop beyond this. Dasherville, and then Topeka. Last stop. Everybody out. 
One moment, Blaine said. I must adjust the volume for you to enjoy the full effect. Uh huh. To which he does. Oh, does he ever? Oh, does he ever? Like. He turns it up so loud that they can't hear each other screaming at him to stop. They can't hear Oi barking anymore. He says that his eyes feel like they're about to just vibrate (laughs) out of his head. Yeah. Uh, then it was over. Uh, they still hung above the, uh, above the moon misty drop. The moon bows still made their slow dreamlike revolutions before a curtain of endless falling water. The wet, brutal stone faces of the dog guardians continued to jut out of the torrent. But the world-ending thunder was gone. For a moment, Jake thought what he feared had happened. Jake thought what he feared had happened, that he had gone deaf, then realized that he could hear Oi still barking and Susanna crying. It was terrible. It was terrible. Mm. Uh, I merely thought you would enjoy hearing the sound of the falls at full volume, Blaine said. His booming voice sounded laughing and injuring at the same time. I thought it might help you to forget the regrettable mistake in the matter of the Edith Bunker. Mm-hmm. My fault, Jake thought. Blaine may just be a machine, and a suicidal one at that, but he still doesn't like to be laughed at. No, he yeah. doesn't. No, he does not. This is also, uh, we got a little small moment of Eddie actually... Joining back in the conversation. Well, I don't think he had any option at this point. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure that slapped him out of whatever he was thinking. But all it did was he just makes comment about Blaine and then goes straight back in it. <laughs> what happens here? Roland asked. How do you charge your batteries? You will see shortly, Gunslinger. In the meantime, try me with a riddle. All right, Blaine said. Here's one of Court's own making and has posed many in its time. I await it with great interest. Mm, Of course, Jake's staring outside. We are very little creatures. All of us have different features. One of us in glass is set. One of us you'll find in jet. Another you may see in ten, and a fourth is boxed within. If the fifth you should pursue... It can never fly from you. What are we? A and E and I and O and you, Blaine replied, the vowels of the high speech. Still no hesitation, not so much as a wit. Only that voice mocking just about two steps from laughter. The voice of a cruel little boy watching bugs run around on top of a hot stove. Although that particular riddle is not from your teacher, Roland of Gilead. I know it from Jonathan Swift of London, a city in the world of your friends come from. Thank you, Sigh, Roland said, and his sigh sounded like a sigh. Your answer is true, Blaine, and undoubtedly what you believe of the riddle's origins is true as well. That court knew of other worlds is something I long suspected. I think you may have held... There's that word. Palaver. (laughs) With the manny who lived outside the city. I care not about the Manny, Roland of Gilead. They are always a foolish sect, 
try me with another riddle. All right, what has... Hold, hold! The force of the beam gathers. Look not directly at the hounds, my interesting new friends, and shield your eyes. I feel like Jake doesn't do that particularly well or something. I think it was like... out a little bit! Well, it, but he literally... <laughs> he says he couldn't get his hand up quite in time. Close so your eyeballs in! So with his peripheral vision, he just caught it starting to glow, and then that's when he got his hand up. And it was just like, nope, it's a little too late, buddy. And it was just getting... For some reason, all I pictured was the scene from Jurassic Park when the kid's on the fence and just... (laughs) So yeah, they get struck with basically lightning from these dog eyes. The hound's eyes. To recharge the train. Which is weird. (laughs) Yeah. Blaine, how is the power of the beam stored in that place? What makes it come from the eyes of yon stone temple dogs? Roland Jesus. How do you use it? Silence from Blaine. And who carved them, Eddie asked. Was it the great old ones? It wasn't, was it? There were people even before them. Or were they people? More silence from Blaine. Blaine. (laughs) And maybe that was good. Jake wasn't sure how much he wanted to know about the falls of the hounds or what went on beneath them. He had been in the dark of Roland's world before, and he had seen enough to believe that most of what was growing there was neither good nor safe. Better not to ask him, the voice of little Blaine drifted down from over the heads. Safer. Don't ask him silly questions. He won't play silly games, Eddie said. That distant, dreaming look had come onto his face again, and when Susanna spoke his name, he didn't seem to hear. Yeah, we just keep getting this. This Eddie's in super deep thought. He's trying. He he he's got something. He's trying to grasp and figure out what's going on. So he's he's zoning out pretty bad, but I think it's just it's kind of like the key and the door. It's just calling to him, and he doesn't really have a choice. Ka. Roland sat down across from Jake and uh, scrubbed his right hand slowly up the stubble on the right cheek, an unconscious gesture he seemed to make only when he was feeling tired or doubtful. I'm running out of riddles, he said. Jake looked back at him, startled. The gunslinger had posed 50 or more to the computer, and Jake supposed that was a lot to just yank out of your head with no preparation. But when you considered that riddling had been such a big deal in the place where Roland grew up, it seems to read some of this on Jake's face for a... He seems to read some of this on Jake's face for... A small smile, lemon bitter, touched the corner of his mouth. He nodded as if the boy had spoken out loud. I don't understand either. If you'd asked me yesterday or the day before, I would have told you that I had at least a thousand riddles stored up in this junk bin I keep at the back of my mind. Perhaps two thousand. But he lifted one shoulder in a shrug, shook his head, rubbed his hand up his cheek again. It's not like forgetting. It's as if they were never there in the first place. What's happening to the rest of the world is happening to me, I reckon. You're moving on, Susanna said, and looked at Roland with an expression of pity, which Roland could look back 
at for only a second or two. It was as if he felt burned by her regard, like everything else here. Yes, I fear so. He looked at Jake, lips tight, eyes sharp. Will you be ready with your riddles from your book when I call you? Yes. Poor Roland. <laughs> Poor Roland. Roland! Of course, we're not quite sure how old you are either, Roland. I don't know, but I don't. But, I mean, it kind of seems like you're hundreds, maybe thousands of years old. I'm not even sure. But it doesn't matter. This is Roland. He's, I know. It's sad, okay? It, it is sad. It's even though, sad. you know, most of the time you're like, Roland, Roland, you just stop, Roland. You need to stop. <laughs> you're being vicious. You need to stop. Now it's just like, oh. Poor Roland. Oh, buddy, old pal, old friend. I have fed my batteries and all is well, Blaine announced. Marvelous, Susanna said dryly. Less, Oi agreed, catching... <laughs> yep. <laughs> Whew. Don't die, don't die. Okay. Look what's hard. <laughs> I know, I apparently have some issues with... It's usually water, though. It's usually water. Lus, Oi agreed, catching Susanna's sarcastic tone. I have a number of switching functions to perform. These will take about 40 minutes and are largely automatic. While the switchover takes place and the accompanying checklist is running, we shall continue our contest. I am enjoying it very much. It's like when you have to switch over from electric to diesel on the train to Boston, Eddie said. He still sounded as if he wasn't quite with them. At Hartford or New Haven or one of those other places where no one in their right mind would want to live. Eddie? Susan asked. What are you? Roland touched her shoulder and shook his head. Never mind, Eddie of New York, Blaine said in his expansive gosh, but this is fun voice. That's right, Eddie said. Never mind, Eddie of New York. He knows no good riddles, but you know many, Roland of Gilead. Try me with another. Maybe you shouldn't mock Eddie so much. Blaine is a pain, he had written there. Blaine is a pain, and that is the truth. It was the truth, all right. The stone truth. A little less than an hour later, Blaine the mono began to move again. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Nope. I see it has the picture of anything doing it. So Susanna starts watching the map to kind of just see the dot moving because it's like you gotta realize that Topeka's right there now. All they have is a little dasher bill. Little dasher bill. Yeah. And uh, Roland was slowing down with his riddles. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a lot of riddles, okay? We get a little paragraph here of how Susanna feels about Roland. Yeah, that was, it was sweet. It was truthful, but it was sweet. It was sweet. She truly does care for Roland a lot. I think they all do. Yeah, I mean, they really do. Even Eddie, who has tried to kill him twice. Yes. Has screamed at him, has yelled at him. Pretty much, like, even said it to his face that he hated him. And then pretty much right after said, but I love you, man. <laughs> We could, we could, we could. Yeah. 
Hmm. Blaine, where may you find roads without carts, forest without trees, and city without horses? On a map. You say true. Sigh. What? What, Cracker Girl? What? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eat that cracker. Eat it. <laughs> you get through it eventually. You can express your full thoughts here in a moment. I'm pretty sure you said horses. Did I? Forest without trees and city without... I probably did say horses because I almost read horses the second time. Cities without horses. Okay, yeah, there's no horses in them either, okay? Houses. Houses. Cities without houses. They're close words, okay? <laughs> On a map, you say true, sigh. Next, I have a hundred legs but cannot stand. A long neck but no head. I eat the maid's life. What am I? A broom, gunslinger. Another variation ends, I ease the maid's life. I like yours better. Of course you do. Of course you do. Uh, hmm. uh, this, uh, cannot be seen, cannot be felt, cannot be heard, cannot be smelt. It lies behind the stars and beneath the hills. Ends life and kills laughter. What is it? The dark. How does it kill laughter? Because it's scary. <laughs> I don't know. Thank you, Sai. You speak the truth. You're so quick. You're so quick. This thing runs but cannot walk. Sometimes sings but never talks. Lacks arms, has hands. Lacks a head but has a face. What is it? Blaine. A clock. He just, just, just slamming through these like nobody's business. Susanna looked over at Eddie and felt a passing ripple of irritation. He seemed to have lost interest in the whole thing, had zoned out in his weird 1980s slang. She thought to throw an elbow into his side, wake him up a little, then remembered Roland shaking his head at her and didn't. You wouldn't know he was thinking, not from that slack expression on his face, but maybe he was. If so, you better hurry it up a little, precious, she thought. The dot on the map was still closer to Dasherville than Topeka, but it would reach the halfway point within the next 15 minutes or so. And still, the match went on. There's a lot. There's a lot. What builds up castle tears down mountains, makes some blind, helps others see. Sand. Helps others see. That's what I was like. <laughs> I was wondering. Ah. Uh. What, what lives in winter dies in summer, grows with its roots upward. An icicle. Man walks over, man walks under. In time of war, he burns it asunder. A bridge. Just keeps going. Mm. Uh, Blaine, what has eyes yet cannot see? There are four answers, Blaine replied. Needles, storms, potatoes, and true love. <sighs> Thank you, Sai Blaine. You speak listened, Roland of Gilead. Listen, Catet. Roland fell silence at once. 
silence, silent at once, his eyes narrowing, his head slightly cocked. You will shortly hear my engines begin to cycle up, Blaine said. We are now exactly 60 minutes out of Topeka at this point. If we've been riding for seven hours or more, I grew up with the Brady Bunch, Jake said. <laughs> yeah, because it's not been seven hours. Susanna looked up around apprehensively, expecting some new terror or small act of cruelty in response to Jake's sarcasm. But Blaine only chuckled. Hmm. When, he, when he spoke again, the voice of Humphrey Bogart had resurfaced. Time's different here, sweetheart. You must know that by now. But don't worry, the fundamental things apply as time goes by. Would I lie to you? Yes, Jake muttered. <laughs> yes, he would. Yeah, he totally would. That apparently struck Blaine's funny bone because he began to laugh again. The mad mechanical laughter that made Susanna think of fun houses in sleazy amusement parks and roadside carnivals. When the lights began to pulse and sink with the laughter, she shut her eyes and put her hands over her ears. Stop it, Blaine. Stop it. Beg pardon, ma'am, drawled the ah shucks voice of Jimmy Stewart. I'm right sorry if I ruin your ears with my reasonability. <sighs> ruin this, Jake said, and hoisted his middle finger at the map. Susanna expected Eddie to laugh. You could count on him to be amused by vulgarity at any time of day or night, mm -hmm. she would have said. But Eddie only continued looking down at his lap. His forehead creased, his eyes vacant, his mouth hung slightly agape. He looked a little <laughs> too much like the village idiot for comfort, Susanna thought and again had to restrain herself from throwing an elbow into his side. She wouldn't restrain herself much longer. If they were going to die at the end of Blaine's run, she wanted Eddie's arms around her. Eddie's eyes on her and Eddie's mind with hers. But for now, better let him be. At this point, Blaine resumed his, in his normal voice, I intend to begin what I like to think of as my kamikaze run. This will quickly drain my batteries, but I think the time for conservation has passed, don't you? When I strike the trans-steel piers at the end of the track, I should be traveling at better than 900 miles an hour. 530 in wheels. That is, see you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile, don't forget to write. I tell you this in the spirit of fair play, my interesting new friends. If you have, to, if you have been saving your best riddles for last... You might do well to pose them to me now. The unmistakable greed in Blaine's voice, its naked desire to hear and solve their best riddles before it killed them, made Susanna feel tired and old. I might not have time, even so, to pose you all my very best ones, Roland said in a casual, considering tone of voice. That would be a shame, wouldn't it? A pause ensued, brief, but more of a hesitation than the computer had accorded any of Roland's riddles. And then Blaine chuckled. Susanna hated the sound of its mad laughter, but there was a cynical weariness in this chuckle that chilled her even more deeply. Perhaps it was also almost sane. Good, gunslinger. A valiant effort. But you are not... <laughs> Moving on. I have Shizer right? Shy. I mean, I guess it's good to find at this point. Nor do we have a thousand and one nights in which to hold. Hold what? Whatever. Okay. I don't understand you. 
I know not this person, and apparently neither do we. No. No matter. Susanna can fill you in if you really want to know. Perhaps even Eddie. The point, Roland, is that I'll not be drawn on by the promise of more riddles. We buy for the goose. Come to Pika, it shall be awarded. One way or another. Do you understand that? We play for keeps. No one cries off. Correct. No one cries off. All right, Blaine. We play for keeps and no one cries off. Here's the next. As always, I await it with pleasure. Like I said, the next chapter. The <laughs> next chapter. We're, we're close. We're at that point. But the next chapter. Oh. Roland looked down at Jake. Be ready with yours, Jake. I am almost at the end of mine. Jake nodded. Beneath them, the mono slow trans engine continued to cycle up. The beat, 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 which Susanna did not much hear as feel in the hinges of her jaw, uh, the hollows of her temples, the pulse points of her wrist. It's not going to happen unless there's a stumper in Jake's book, she thought. Roland can't pose Blaine, and I think he knows it. I think he knew it an hour ago. Blaine, I occur once in a minute, twice in every moment, but not once in a hundred thousand years. What am I? I knew the answer when I read this one. <laughs> they don't give us the answer, but I know the answer. Oh. Do you know the answer? Um, isn't it M? No. I don't remember. I really, I've heard no, this you're, one before. I'm pretty sure you're right. You're right. That's my guess. Oh, Okay. The once M? in a minute, yeah. Twice, twice in, in a, a moment, moment, and then, and then one... not once in a hundred thousand years. Yeah, I thought it was M. It is. Okay, it's like I heard it before, but when you asked me, it was like <laughs> you spe- said the answer, and like I don't know. Spelling B, I doubted myself. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so the contest would continue. Susanna realized Roland asking and Blaine answering with. His increasingly terrible lack of hesitation, like an all-seeing, all-knowing God. Susanna sat with her cold hands clasped in her lap and watched the glowing dot draw nigh Topeka, the place where all rail surfaces ended, the place where the path of their quartet would end in the clearing. She thought about the hounds of the falls, how they had jutted from the thundering white billows below the dark star-shot sky. She thought of their eyes, their electric blue eyes. Dun, dun, dun. Next chapter. The Fair Day Goose. So, I mean, it's clearly the, the end. Reaching the here. end times. Of this particular area. Which we will be going to where next? Oh, right there. So, from 42 to 62, so 20 pages, we'll be going to Topeka. Topeka. Pika, pika. So we still have a chapter before we actually make it to Topeka. Pika, pika. Pika, pika. Pika, pika. Well, hopefully by now, because we're in the future, but hopefully now we've, by now we've seen Detective Pikachu. Yeah, no, no, no. We, we should definitely... 
I will have seen Detective Pikachu. Shut your face. I don't know what you're going to do, but I would have seen Detective Pikachu. Detective, Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu? Yes. The, de- the defective Pikachu. Defective Pikachu. I mean, he can talk. He is defective. Come on. All right. End of chapter two. Hope you enjoyed it. We're enjoying it. I'll enjoy the next chapter more. I believe so, anyway. I hope so. Oh. Everyone, hope you enjoyed Detective Pikachu. At this point, you should have seen it. At this point, also, more than likely, I think it, maybe, maybe not. But Endgame should be the number one movie of all time. So it's getting pretty close up there. I know that it only had one more to beat. Yeah, it beat Titanic. It took yep. two weekends and it beat Titanic. Yep, and uh, the last one is Avatar. Yep, just Avatar, $2.7 billion. But it's only $600 million away. And it's only been theaters two weeks. So I, I think it's going to win. Win. I mean, it's, it's already won. It's made a crap ton of money. <laughs> it's going to do nothing but make more money. But, hope you enjoyed the book. Throw a like, throw a comment, subscribe to the channel. And as always, you can reach me at Stars Untraveled, reach Amanda KZ Pup, reach the show at Beyond Our Focus, practically anywhere, including YouTube and podcast services around the globe. Maybe. Maybe. Texas. No, no, no. California. Anything. Sweden. Sweden. Why not? Mars. Mars. You know, if anyone's reaching it on Mars, that's, that's going to be a thing to itself. Uh, any final thoughts? Go watch our other shows. Yay! If you made it this far, sure. <laughs> Till next time, long days and pleasant nights.